It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Dirk with the back. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Have we did we talk about the Scholar Diggins comment yet? Um, we have not, and I'm about to go on a rant about that if uh, if we start talking Ooh. about it. However, I did want to mention first. Um, if you guys did not hear the news, there's a shooting at a Madden event in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. It was a Madden tournament. It was at a restaurant in like this mall area. Um, four dead, eleven were wounded. Um, three or four dead. There, there's a couple different reports, but one of them was uh, O'Larry from the uh, Bucks Gaming. He is, you know, okay. He's in stable condition and everything. Um, you know, his mom from the NBA Two K League. From yeah, correct from the from the Bucks NBA Two K League. Um, his mom's been posting pictures and everything, but man, it's a uh, it's an insane thing that happened. It's crazy that it keeps happening. It seen it, they literally just had a shooting on Friday in in Jacksonville at a high school football game, and then there was mm. one on Sunday at a Madden tournament. It is it's insane. It's so dumb, and I don't know. <laughs> I I don't really know what to say with this. Everybody stay safe, and uh, it's hard to now because it could be anywhere. For sure, man. I don't know what to add to it besides, um, yeah, it's a super sad situation. Yeah, so I just wanted to mention that first, and uh, you know, our our prayers are with everybody. That uh, those people that lost people, they just went going to a Madden tournament, and you know, either watching, spectating, or participating. There's a guy that was participating that was playing in the game. He just you know was trying to follow his dream, and it's all gone. <laughs> you know, it's all gone now. He's um, so yeah. 
anyway, I wanted to just bring that up just to mention it and to say that we're, you know, thinking about that situation. And, uh, you know, also everybody listening know that life is, you know, not promised. You know, we, Isaac and I both profess to, you know, be Christians. We believe the Bible and the Bible says, you know, every day isn't promised to us. You know, it's a gift from God and, uh, take every day and man, stuff, when stuff like this happens, you, you obviously, you feel bad for the people that, you know, are victims and everything, but man, it makes me think, man, I gotta, I gotta, you know, make sure my relationships are right. I gotta make sure that I'm, you know, like this is kind of a morbid thought, but every single time I speak with my wife, I end with, I love you no matter what, just because I don't want the last thing I say to her to be something stupid, like go get, like make sure to get eggs, you know, or something dumb like that. And yeah. it, you know, it's kind of a morbid thought, but it makes you think it makes you appreciate the people around you a lot more. Um, and that's, that's kind of, you know, what I take away from it. And, you know, there's a lot of other things that, you know, that need to be done to try to, you know, stop these things. That's not what this podcast is about, but we just wanted to, to bring that up at first. So, yeah, there we go. There's not really a good way to transition out of this, but the uh, the Skylar Diggins comments were, were very interesting. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but what we're getting to today is our what if about Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Dallas Mavericks. There's been a lot of stories about different players that the Mavericks were going to draft, but this was one that was actually real and concrete because they were in the range of drafting Giannis. And they also, you know, there's been reports from Cuban himself. <laughs> I guess it's not a report anymore. That's just, you know, yeah. that's like a, a real telling of what happened. And that, that they were going to draft Giannis, that Donnie Nelson was, you know, the one that wanted to draft Giannis. He was going to stake his career on the, on that decision. And Cuban, you know, played the owner card and said, no, we're going to, you know, go this other direction. So we'll talk all about that. It's our what if we're continuing. What if week this week, we got a couple more, uh, and then we're, we're doing something later. We're definitely going to do a mailbag. We might do it a little bit different, but, uh, but yeah, we're continuing with what if week, super excited about it. And, uh, yeah, so that's what we're getting to today, but the Skylar Diggins comments, just clarify with me that you're more well-versed in the WNBA world than I am. Was she complaining? Because I saw I saw bits and pieces of the quote, but like, was she complaining about that? Just very plain and simple, that Barnes makes more money than she does, or was she complaining that the percentage of what the league makes and like the percentage they get is not fair compared to the percentage that the NBA players get? Because those are two separate arguments and two separate things of how I'd feel about it. If she's complaining about the percentage. Uh, I feel you, girl. Like, <laughs> make your case. But if she's complaining that, hey, Harrison Barnes makes $24 million a year and I don't, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know how to say this without being, uh, I don't see your point. You know, All right, for the let's, most part. Let's like, there's just, I'm legit. Just gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and read the statement. Players in the NBA get about 50% of the revenue. That's the basketball-related income, the BRI that we yeah. talk about, where we talk about the CBA and the um, the Players Association of the League. The, the players get 50% of basketball-related income, and the league gets 50% of it. 
For women, the percentage is in the 20s. So before we even talk about base salary or anything like that, we don't even get paid the same percentage of revenue that we bring in, which is kind of unbelievable. People try to hijack this issue and say that women's basketball may not be as interesting a game because they disparage women in sports, period. But we don't even make the same percentage of revenue. And jersey sales, we don't get any of it. The men do, and I have a top five jersey for three or four years in the WNBA. I'm the highest paid player on the Dallas Wings, and my salary is in the low six figures. The max for a WNBA player is 115000 Wow. And there's a player on her team uh, named Teresa Plaisance that makes 105000 and she played like four games this year on like coaches' decisions. Some of it injury, but like she's the Dwight Powell of the, the team. And Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and here's where she brings up – so let me read – Requote this. This is from Skylar Diggins. This is all her quote. I'm the highest paid player on the Dallas Wings, and my salary is in the low six figures. Harrison Barnes, the highest paid player on the Mavericks, made $24 million last season. He's definitely younger than me. Do you know his stats? Was he an all-star? I mean, it doesn't matter. But last year, I was first team all WNBA, which only goes to five players. I was also WNBA all-star for the third time. So she she is... <laughs> Sort of taking a shot at Harrison Barnes. I don't think it was right yeah. that she brought up a specific player, especially a specific player in her city that has supported her, you know, in her All Star run and, and things like that. And a guy that just, you know, <laughs> one of the like honestly the worst people you could have brought up in this scenario. Um, but I don't think she's trying to attack Harrison Barnes for getting what he is either worth or getting his money. I think what she's more pointing at is, okay, so look at the difference in this. You know, our revenue streams, are, our revenue split is so off base. This is a guy, you know, in, in in our league, I am one of the top 10 players in the WNBA. I made all NBA, all WNBA first team. And, you know, I've been an all-star. I have a top five jersey. You know, all this stuff. She's like, I am. She is honestly probably the most marketable player in the WNBA right now. Skylar Diggins? Skylar Diggins is, you know, I would think so. She's marketable. They put her in all the commercials. They put her in all the promos. They put her, you know, she's. I'd say Tarasi is, but. Tarasi is probably definitely more known. Um, Anyway, keep on going. Anyway, so she says, look at at this. Harrison Barnes makes an exorbitant amount of money, and he's never been hes never been an all-star. He's probably never going to be an all-star. Do you know what his stats... You know, that kind of stuff. So yeah, but that like, doesn't... She's making the comparison of, of different levels of player and, you know, what they make. Was the shot Which, fair? No. Not for, not to Harrison Barnes. No. That doesn't even make sense, though, with their original point. That's, that's my only thing. Of, like, she... If the quote cut off right before she went into... Okay, well, like, look at Harrison Barnes. If it cut off everything about the percentages and all that stuff, you absolutely have a point. And I agree 100% with her. Like, that's not right. That, like, you, yes, you should be getting a higher percentage of the income for sure because you help bring that in and jersey sales and all that stuff. But the Barnes thing doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like, that doesn't, it just doesn't, like, I don't know. I mean, Cuban's been really supportive about it on Twitter because she, you know, said something about Cuban too. And um, but, oh well. I mean, she probably she probably picked the one NBA player that it's not gonna like 
clap come back, back at her. <laughs> Barnes and Harrison's just going to chill and it's like, okay. What I what I don't like seeing is I see these articles now and Skylar Diggins even tweeted, I think yesterday or today, she just tweeted the word clickbait. <laughs> and there's these articles now that are taking her quote and saying, you know, Skylar Diggins hates on Harrison Barnes. I don't think she's hating on Harrison Barnes. She used him to make her point. And she, you know, he was just kind of a casualty to her point, which, you know, no, knowing them, like she probably story. reached out to Harrison and, and like Tom had it. And Harrison's probably like, hey, I don't care. That's fine. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. But, oh, oh, well, I mean, yeah, they should, they should, they deserve more money and stuff, like for sure, percentage wise and like all that stuff. But, I mean, calling out Harrison Barnes makes no sense. But for the money that he makes, I mean, I don't. I just don't get that because the NBA makes so much more money and like yeah. just through everything that that's just how it is. That's just how the cookie crumbles. Like, I mean, it sucks. It's like I don't know. I mean, every, there's so much stuff in life that it doesn't make sense to me that the president of the United States makes like four hundred thousand or eight hundred or whatever they make, and there's all these other people that you know that's like the hardest job in the world. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like. You know, and there's all these other people making millions and millions and, like, all this different stuff. So, like, it that's just how it is, you know? Like, I don't understand. Like, just that second part of her quote just didn't make – it just seemed like she was just very frustrated. So, she's just going to bring that out. And, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of just look at the comparison. Look at the diff, look at the vast difference. I have all these accomplishments, in, you know, in the WNBA. My salary is this. And it's, like, not even a hundred thousandth of what <laughs> – yeah but then like nba players or however whatever other players could go to and say the same thing about baseball and be like well look at this pitcher who just got a 10-year 200 like crazy million dollar contract and has this pitcher ever won a Cy young award yeah they don't have a salary cap though they could go down that road if they want to yeah but i'm saying like (laughs) when does it stop it's another slippery slope of like each you know it's like everybody can continuously go down this this road of like when does it stop like that with that yeah but. yeah they can they can go down it um there are players though and i tweeted out a thread of this before there are single players bench players in the nba that make more than the entire league does in one year the league of yeah. players <laughs> it that's I mean, me, it just seems it seems so like crazy it's like i don't like go down this path at all either like you don't want to be sucks. the woman hater <laughs> i don't it like it sucks and like all this stuff but there's like a economic part of it too that the nba brings in so much more money to pay these players and there's only it's it's like the nba 2k league like i mean it no matter like it just depends on how much money your league brings in and that's why like i agree with her with the percentage wise the amount that you're going to get that just depends a lot on just viewership and like your league growing and all that stuff. You can't dish it out if you're not making it. So yeah. that's just general like life. I mean, I'd love to go buy me a brand new car, but I don't make enough money to dish that out right now. So, uh, you know, it's just part of it. All right. There, there's a whole bunch of rabbit trails we could go down. There's a whole bunch of different things. There's, you know, a stigma about women's basketball. There's the coverage level of, of WNBA, you know, and women's basketball. There's all these different things we could go down and talk about this. Uh, that is not what we intended to talk about when, when we started this podcast. Uh, today is 
getting all into the uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo what if this week. So, Isaac, when we come back, let's ask the question, what if the Dallas Mavericks had drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak? Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Isaac, let's just ask the question. What would. What if the Mavericks had drafted Giannis? What would the team look like? Let's say let's start with right now. What would the team look like? Oh gosh, start right now? No, we can't. I can't. We got to like build it up. You got to build on it? Cuz I don't think he's a Maverick at right now. So, okay, so we, we got to go all the way back to 2013. All right, let's and... let's put it in context. Let's let's put it in context. So, Giannis was one of the more fascinating prospects that has ever come out, you know, in into the NBA draft. Um, we've had the one and done rule, and the one and done rule causes lots of players to only you know have their high school tape, which can be really spotty. Can really can you know you're not sure what kind of competition they're going up against, not sure what uh, you know level of even video you're going to get from some of these games. If they're a big enough prospect now, in you know in 2018, you're going to get some great footage because there's going to be a thousand people there filming Zion Williamson and filming you know all these guys, these you know Cam Reddish is growing up. Um, but back then, and with Giannis over in Greece, we had these grainy youtube videos and you know play like people in the nba had to go over there to watch him because you couldn't just get video of him (laughs) that was that was adequate enough you know he was one of those prospects you really needed to see and he was raw obviously he was so raw that you can't just go off of tape on guy that's so raw you have to see him in person you have to see the measurables you have to see all that kind of stuff to be able to fully scout him and evaluate this guy as a potential talent you have to see the skills up close and that's where we talk about the whole you know uh, eye test versus the numbers and in, in advanced metrics kind of thing like there's there are certain things that you know you can say a guy is six nine with a seven three wingspan which is what Giannis was when he got drafted but until you see that and see how he can actually use that that frame and see how he dribbled the ball and how he, you know, handled and how he, you know, ran, really, like running for a guy that big is, is a big thing too. And so you had to go over and see him. And so he was this prospect that so many people were split on. He was either going to be, you know, the next best thing. Uh, he was everybody's sleeper in the draft. Every single person that evaluated the draft thought he was a sleeper. Um, and so the uh, – Isaac, the Mavericks had a chance at him, but uh, they made a different decision. Yeah, he was. 
I'm fully convinced that the Giannis story will eventually be a 30 for 30. It's just like, I, or like some type of documentary type thing. Because it's just such a unique, um, when you read into some of these Draft Express guys like Gavoni and like Schmitz and like all these guys, like when they first found him and like seeing some of these first videos of like he's just so young and so skinny. He he was like this draft sleeper. It's just a lot of people just didn't know what to do with him because they knew it was going to take time because he didn't have a jump shot. But you just see, you know, and when people would go and scout him, it was just seeing this long, crazy, freakish um, body <laughs> take Pun these intended. super, super long strides down the court and just go, in, you know, weaving in and out. Like, and it's just something you've never seen. And so a lot of, you know, some people were all about it. And obviously Donnie has this crazy history in international uh, scouting and everything with that. And so you knew Scott, you know, Donnie was on top of this for a while. You know, there's a, the Atlanta Hawks was all over him also. And like they were set ready. They had two draft picks in that 2013 draft. Yeah, and- the 17th and 18th pick where they took. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, and then the uh, the pick that ended up going to the Mavericks and Shane Larkin. Yeah, so like they were um, they were you know ready to go, and like they uh, they had did so much background work on Giannis, and they had like brought him over. He did a full physical form, like so much stuff. Um, but obviously, you know the Bucks uh, stole him from them, but they didn't move up for him. But um, in 2013. You know, Dallas had just uh, in 2012 just put to you know they they just put together really it was a crazy like random roster it was like Chris Kamen and OJ Mayo and um, just like this band of characters and stuff they didn't make the playoffs and they go into 2013 and the you know Dallas wanted to win now like they wanted to it's kind of like been their mantra for uh, ever since the title of like um, with Dirk and stuff and. Of you know they wanted to win now they wanted to try to get a team back you know going around Dirk and get another star and stuff in there and I mean we'll talk about it a little bit more probably but like Dwight Howard was the main target just like when we talked about um, Darren Williams back in what was it 2011 I guess when yeah. we were talking about all that stuff um, in that pod the other day but it was all about Dwight Howard 2013 how can we uh, make a bigger run at at Dwight uh, Dwight Howard, and how can we come out of the draft? They had a plan in place, and we want to come out of the draft with a little bit more cap space and some type of player that can help us win right now. And that's what led them into their series of moves on draft night. And I don't know. Do you want to walk through the the 2013 draft? Yeah, yeah, we can we can go ahead. So the Mavericks had the thirteenth pick. Um, they had you know pretty bad, <laughs> pretty bad season the year before. Um, Notable players before the thirteenth pick. <laughs> okay, so this is the thirteen draft. Uh, before we get into the trade and everything, the number one pick that year was Anthony Bennett. I will never Let's ever go. ever ever forget Bill Simmons is audible. Whoa! As soon as they picked Anthony Bennett, it it's forever in the basketball like archives. It's forever in that draft, and uh, his his woe was definitely warranted because even at the time, Anthony Bennett was he was mocked at seven and nine in every mock draft that I saw. It was the wildest pick. 
Um, never understand. Then Oladipo, then Otto Porter, Cody Zeller, Alex Len, then our then our boy Nerlens Noel. Nerlens. Uh, ben McLemore, Contavious Caldwell Ner- Pope, Trey Burke, Nerlens was McCollum. drafted. What? Nerlens was drafted and traded for Drew Holiday in that draft. I'm oh yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. He got drafted by New Orleans and ended up going to uh, Philadelphia out of that. Uh, because this was the start of the, you know, the trust the process right here. Yeah. This draft when they traded Drew Holiday away because Drew Holiday was an all-star. Yeah. And they traded him for Nerlens Noel. Uh, then CJ McCollum to Portland, which was a good one. Michael Carter Williams, the rookie of the year. Steven Adams for OKC, which is they, – they got this pick out of a trade. I can't remember who, who they traded for. Um, I, I want to say – Harden trade. What? I think this was part of the Harden trade. You're, you're right. You're completely right. I can't believe I forgot that. Then Dallas took Kelly Olenek, who they ended up sending to Boston. Um, <laughs> then Shabazz Muhammad to uh, Utah, who ended up going to uh, Minnesota. And then Milwaukee took Giannis right there. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it was uh that was that's a brutal draft. <laughs> the only other other notable players, um Rudy Gobert, number twenty eight, went to uh went straight went from Denver to Utah. <laughs> I this feel is, like this none of these players these, are on their same teams anymore. Like none of them. This is one of these drafts to where you could you would if you're saying if you're looking at how many drafts could you look at and say, I'll give you the top ten picks you can have the rest of the players drafted and who would have the better team. <laughs> and this would be one of the drafts to where I would take, you know, pick 10 on or 11 on, especially if you get 10 on, because then you get CJ McCollum. <laughs> um, uh, but, but no, I mean, cause you would get Giannis and you know, all of that stuff. Honestly, and, you get, you get Giannis and Rudy Gobert. That's it. I mean, nobody in that top 10 is stopping either of those guys. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you get Victor Oladipo in there, but that was that. But yeah, so then they make the trade. Um, they make the trade with Boston. They move down to sixteen, and then they move. Uh, then I'm pretty sure they make a same, another move and move down to nineteen. Um, <laughs> so they pretty much move. Um, Dallas moves from that thirteen spot down to the nineteenth spot, or no, not nineteenth. What am I saying? It was they like a 18, couple moves, 18. and it was confusing. <laughs> yeah, super confusing, but they moved from 13 where they drafted Atlantic, sent him to Boston, and they ended up at pick 18, uh, which was Atlanta's pick, and that's where they selected Shane Larkin. So moving from 13 uh, to 18, I'm pretty sure it saved them roughly $400,000 when it came to salary cap space. So awesome. <laughs> Glad we saved that four hundred. dollars Yeah, well, they sent their second-round pick – in the you know in the second deal as well, uh, you know Jared Cunningham, man, yeah, they just were really trying to save that money, and uh, they were trying to save that money so they could create a max spot for Dwight Howard. Yeah, and so recently, last year, Mark Cuban went on Sirius XM NBA Radio, and he was asked about the Giannis thing because even back then there was a small report back then that hey Dallas was interested in in Giannis and all this stuff. But obviously they didn't take him. They passed on him, and because they obviously didn't have the deal, they could just stay there at thirteen and took Giannis and been done with it. But Cuban goes on Sirius XM Radio, and this is why we're doing this. What if? Because the, it is a bigger. Because we could stay here all day and said, "What if blank team yeah, drafted blank player? What if they drafted Draymond? You know, like he was available." Yeah. So, but this one is unique because you have a team owner saying that they were his GM was ready to draft him. 
but he said no. And that player is looks like he'll be a future MVP coming up soon. So that's why we're doing the what if. But this is Cuban quote for quote say on them passing uh, Giannis in 2013. Cuban says, it was me. Donnie Nelson was like, okay, I'm putting my you-know-what on the table. <laughs> he was doing the Sam Cassell, Nick Van Exel dance. It's all in. <laughs> and I'm like, Donnie, we have this plan. Because even as good as the Greek freak has turned out to be, he was still three years away. And we wanted to try to get somebody who could help get us to the top right there and then. Didn't turn out that way. It is what it is. That happens. So it's really simple of... They wanted to move back, save some money, and somebody that like they thought Giannis was three years away. That assessment really isn't like that completely wrong, um, but they wanted somebody to help them win at that moment while still creating cap space to ultimately chase Dwight Howard um, just a few weeks after that. The Mavericks so badly didn't want to be the team that wasted the that wasted the the prime of their superstar so badly. They try to make all these different moves, try to add all these pieces. That's why the, the joke about the Mavericks trying to add the big fish has just been overused and overused. They've been trying to add, you know, Darren Williams, Dwight Howard, you know, Carmelo. Like they've been trying to add all these all these players because they didn't want to waste the end of Dirk's career. And in doing so, in trying not to waste Dirk's career so much. They got in their own way and did it anyway. <laughs> that that's what they that's did. Pretty they, cold, but that's pretty true. That's what happened. They <laughs> try to make all these moves, and we can we can we can try to explain their side of all of these things, but they didn't make the. Can you agree with me? Even even you know, writer from Mavs.com, they did not make the best decision for their franchise in this scenario. By not drafting Giannis. Yep. Um, yes, because I trust Donnie, because it's like what we were talking about before we record this podcast. There How about th- yes, because he's an all-star and he's going to be an MVP. Well, yeah, but of course, yeah, looking back on it like that, yeah, for sure. But like at the moment, it's just yeah. like the Rondo thing. Like looking back on it, yeah, you'd never make the trade. But, but like back then, trusting Donnie. Um, because we were talking before the podcast, there are three people that we know of for sure, three prospects that Donnie Nelson put his you-know-what on the table for and said, I'll bet my career. In the draft process. (laughs) In the draft process, before they even made it to the NBA. One of them we just talked about on the podcast the other day in Steve Nash and how Jessica and Wade told us that Donnie told the Brass and Phoenix, Danny Ainge and Jerry Clenjo, I will bet my career on Steve Nash being a star. Second, you have Mark Cuban admitting that Donnie put his you-know-what on the table, figuratively. Figuratively, yeah. Let's hope so. We don't need that, any more of that. <laughs> that Giannis uh, was his guy. We've seen that. Third, Luka Doncic. Donnie was all in on him. And let's see how it turns out. We So those are three players we know of for sure. And... Um, Good job, Donnie. Because all three of those, uh, yeah, well, uh, hopefully, like you know, Luca takes a similar path. But like, um, you know, those are and three guys that I mean, Steve Nash, Canadian, coming out of Santa Clara. Like, it's not like he was point guard of Duke. They just won a national title. Like, it took you know 
guts to put your career on the line for for Steve Nash. It put guts to put your career on the line for this lanky, super skinny, a long stride Giannis who really couldn't shoot very much uh, <laughs> overseas. It's like super little small teenager. But um, I would say Luca's the least risky out of those two or those yeah, three. Yeah, because Steve Nash wasn't anything special coming out of Santa Clara. I mean, like Luca has like the accomplishments and all that stuff, so yeah. it's like a you know a little bit easier with that. But um, so then, just like sets the stage of going back to our question: if what if they drafted Giannis, what happens that next season? That's a great question. We'll answer it right after this. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. What would have happened the next season for the Dallas Mavericks? So they would have drafted him in the uh, 2013 offseason. He would have been part of that next team, uh, the 2013-14 team. That was pretty interesting. They're forty nine. They won forty nine games that year. They lost in the first. They were lost in the first round um, to the Spurs. Spurs. That was the Spurs year. Um, oh, such a fun series. Yeah, this was the team with. Um, I'm gonna be the homer and say if, if Dewan Blair doesn't get suspended, we win that series. But anyway, <laughs> this is the team with with your boy Vince Carter, Monte Ellis. Ah, oh, the shot. Uh, the Sean Marion still around. That so, I, it's, so like that 2013 off season, they don't draft Giannis. Obviously, they draft Shane Larkin, which we were talking about Shane Larkin before the podcast. Remember, Shane Larkin wasn't a nobody coming out of college. He was in the ACC. The Miami Hurricanes was the number two seed in the you know in their region of the bracket uh, that year in March Madness. He was the ACC Player of the Year. Um, he was so the son of MLB Hall of Famer Barry oh, Larkin. Barry. I loved Barry Larkin, man. <laughs> he was um, a red. Yeah, he was. Um, I saw him play like in person several I, several I times. That that's one of uh, Nick and I's um, weird connections is that we both uh, went to like Reds games growing up because Nick's from Cincinnati and I'm from Kentucky and yeah. We there's, could have been at the same game together. We never knew it. There's a good chance that that had happened. <laughs> um, but but no, like that that off season, you know. So they take Shane Larkin. That fits their plan of like, hey, this college guy, AC player year, all this different stuff. He helps us win now. Uh, they go into the off season. They obviously strike out on Dwight Howard, and Dwight goes to Houston. So then they follow up with their contingency plan. Which and this is what I think. I think that that still happens. Like 
I think if they draft Giannis, I think they, I feel like it's a good possibility they still sign the players they did. They still sign Jose Calderon. They still sign Monte Ellis. Like they yeah. still sign Dalbert. Like I think they still, you know, sign all of those guys. I think the big question comes into play is how does how does Giannis fit? Because when he stepped into Milwaukee as a rookie, as this young kid, he started 23 games his first year. He played 77 games. And he averaged 24 minutes a game, okay? This is the thing, like, remember about Giannis is, and I think this is a huge question that people don't think about when they say, hey, what would have been if Giannis ended up in Dallas? Are we sure he would have played? Like, that's yeah. the thing. He, he started 23 games and averaged over 24 minutes a game. In those 24 minutes, he, he, he averaged 6.8 points a game his rookie season for the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, look at that roster in Dallas. If he gets drafted, he's not playing over Sean Marion. Like <laughs> Sean Marion's like the starters that season was Mont- was Mont- was Calderon, Monte Ellis, Sean Marion, Dirk, and Dallin Bear for the most part. But man, what a mentor Sean Marion could have been for Giannis. Super awesome mentor, but like he would have been developing alongside on the bench with Vince Carter and Jay Crowder. So my question is, if you take him, I know, but like if you take him, so him put him in the put him in the Shane Larkin role. Shane Larkin averaged ten minutes a game over under Nick. Does Giannis average over ten minutes a game on this team? Gosh, uh, probably under. He probably plays a lot of the year with the legends. Yeah, so like that—that's my thing of like. So it's not like Giannis would step in and be like a starter and they would be taking it slow with him and developing him and all this stuff if they drafted him. That wouldn't be, wouldn't have been the case because you got to remember, at that point, Dallas is all about win now. We want to win now. Giannis, young kid Giannis does not help you win now. So Giannis would have been buried on the bench and he would have been... Hopefully, you know, getting a few minutes a game coming off the bench with Carter and Jay Crowder and all of that stuff. Then you want to, this is where it gets even more real. In 2014, or is it, uh, when is the, um, the next season? The next season would have been the Rondo trade. No, not that one. It's the one right before that. When does the Tyson Chandler trade happen with Jose Calderon? Mm. I'm getting my years mixed up right here. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it's 2000. I had it right here. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, it would have been 2015. No, no, no. Or what? 2014-15 season. Because it's okay. June in 2014. These are the people for that. That season. was it. That was in the Tyson Chandler trade: Jose Calderon, Samuel Dallenbear, Wayne Ellington, and Shane Larkin. Yep. To the it to the Knicks is Giannis in that deal? I no. think there's a no, very, no, no. Oh, I think there's a Heck strong no. possibility. No, no, no. Not if Donnie Nelson. So, so you're saying, Isaac? Let me get this straight. You're saying that Donnie Nelson would stake his career on a prospect. They yeah. would not develop him and not play him very much at all during the season because they want to win now. And then what they would do is they would ship him off. 
they would want to still they still want to keep their main goal though. Like there's a difference between Donnie betting his career on Steve Nash and then bringing Steve Nash in and looking at the point of Dirk's career and saying, "All right, now let's like build this roster around them." They still like that wouldn't shift their whole focus. That's that's been the thing. You make a re- like that's a very very good point of saying, okay, if this is Donnie's guy, would they just ship him off? And and I think I agree with you. you Shane Larkin was not Donnie's guy. No no no. And I think you could still pull off this trade and still get Tyson. I hear that a lot though. I hear I hear a lot of people that say, hey, if we drafted Giannis, he would probably be a New York Nick anyway because he probably would have been dealt in the Tyson deal because. Shane Larkin was put in there because as this young prospect and he didn't have a huge role on that, you know, that Mavericks team because he only averaged uh, 10 points a game. So 10 minutes or yeah, yeah. 10 minutes a game. So does the Tyke, does the Tyson, does the Tyson trade even happen still? Let's say, let's say it does. But what if it doesn't? <laughs> because there's a couple different, like, like us, like we were talking, there's different paths that this Giannis road could go down. There is a path to where if he's drafted, there is a path to where he's in that Knicks deal, to where they look at it and say, you know what, he's he's super, super raw, and he's a little bit more raw than we thought, and we are, we have Sean Marion, we have Jay Crowder, who we were developing, and yeah. like all this stuff off the bench, and to say, hey, let's throw him into this Knicks deal because we want to get Tyson, we want to try to help win right now. So, yes, I think there is a path to where he is in that deal, and he could be a New York Nick. Ha-ha, New York Nick fans. Um, keep on going. Let's say it doesn't happen. Let's say they make the Tyson trade and Giannis is not in it. And let's say he's developing nicely and he's, you know, it's looking super positive and all this stuff. Then you're looking at a team of Dirk, Monte. Dirk, who's 35, 36 at this point. Monte, Tyson Chandler, Giannis, and... Then you lead into the Rondo trade. So before, so the Rondo trade in 2013. No, no, no. Now I'm getting them all, all my years mixed up. I've looked at so many years and things where like, if you meet me on the street, we're like, <laughs> I would have a conversation and be like, oh, okay, hey, yeah, yeah. That happened this year, this year, this year. Um, happened, it happened this season, the 2014-15 season, the same year that they, you know, had gotten Tyson in the off season. Yeah. So that 2000, before we get to the Rondo thing, in 2014, they signed Chandler Parsons. Yeah. Does that happen if you have Giannis? Because that's the off season Marion went and signed on the one year deal with the with the, the Cavaliers. So. You have this hole at small forward. If Giannis is developing nicely and you're saying, you know what, let's give him this random small forward, would you agree that the Parsons contract doesn't happen? I don't know because they played both of them at four and five. And at that point, we didn't really know what Giannis was. <laughs> uh, like you look at it on basketball reference, his first three years in the league, he was played at small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. <laughs> yeah. Like we were trying to figure out what this guy was. Uh, and that point, you remember that point, first point Giannis year where he was 21 and they were like, oh, Jason Kidd's finally going to unleash point Giannis. And uh, they played him in a lot of point guard. Like they would have played him all around. And they played Chandler Parsons at four too. They, they really liked playing Chandler Parsons at four. So I, I think that would still happen. You think the Chandler thing would still happen? I think so. Ooh. See, I don't know. 
Because, like, what about Dirk? Like, do they just make Dirk a full-time five? Make him a five sometime. Is Giannis starting at this point? Yeah, and that's that's the thing. That's what you have to decide as far as... Could the Mavericks do a Boston Celtics level walk and chew gum where they get these prospects, develop them, and have them play and also compete? Would Giannis be developing at the rate that he is now in Milwaukee, still coming off the bench in Dallas? Well, I'll tell you one thing. He definitely had would have a better coach in Dallas than he did in Milwaukee. Very, very true. Very true. So let's say they don't. Let's say for some reason they don't. Okay. And say let's say Chandler Parsons doesn't happen. Let's say they're ready to turn that role over. Do they or t- turn that role over to Giannis? Would they then chase a point guard that offseason instead of Chandler Parsons? And then some of the point guards that offseason was Ooh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Eric Bledsoe, Isaiah Thomas. None of them make you super happy. Kyle Lowry does. Kyle Lowry was awesome. But could you... And yes. it's still pretty good. So you would be looking at you know, your four starters at that point if you wanted to roll out Giannis would be Monte, Giannis, Dirk, and Tyson. And then would you chase the point guard? Would you chase a Kyle Lowry? Yes. Bledsoe? Yeah, so at that point, you know, how does how does that impact that? But let's say it doesn't happen. Let's say the Chandler Parsons thing happens, and let's say you get to the to the December December eighteenth, two thousand fourteen, and that's when you're looking at the Rondo trade of Jay Crowder, Jameer Nelson, Brandon Wright, and a first round pick for Rondo. Is Giannis in the Rondo deal? No, because they still have the same pieces. Would but would he be would he be swapped out with Jake Crowder? Because at this point Crowder's not like developing as this like bench player because Giannis is taking his spot in, in the rotation for the most part. No, they would not trade. This him is for playing Rondo. super like super spe- speculative and like they would hypothetical. Would not have traded point. him for Rondo. Everyone attack Isaac on Twitter. He would. He, <laughs> they would have not like this is a year removed from drafting for the most part. They he would not have been in the deal to get to get Rondo. No. Okay. Because that's another path. That's another path that I could see. If they're dead set on saying, hey, we want to win now, that's why the Rondo deal like happened, even though the team was like historically good offensively without Rondo, that Jameer Nelson and all that stuff. Would he have been thrown in that deal to get Rondo uh, instead? And, man, how bad would <laughs> – can you imagine the fan base if that was the case? If they had drafted Giannis in 2013 and developed him, and he was like super raw, and they traded him for Rondo in that deal. To the Celtics. Oh, my gosh. And then there's a world in which Giannis is on uh, – the Boston Celtics. I'm, I've been thinking about your question. What would they do with Giannis, Parsons, and Dirk? You play Dirk and at Tyson. Fu- oh, yeah. They would still have Tyson, too. Yeah. Oh, we can go back to that in just a second. But let me let you me play Giannis up. at the two. And then when Dirk, and then when they send to the bench, Dirk can play five, but Giannis defends at five. <laughs> Can we go? Can we go forward one more year in the hypothetical? Train? I'm ready. I'm ready. This is as far as I'll go with it, because <laughs> it's just getting too out of hand at this point. This takes you to the summer of 2015, okay? Which was the DeAndre Pod, in which you have all this cap space. This is the summer before the beginning of Giannis's last year of his rookie contract. 
So pretty much all okay. you have on the books is like Dirk and you have Parsons. Um, Parsons and you have Giannis. And that's in 2015. That's when they go after DeAndre and Wesley Matthews. And does DeAndre back out if Giannis is there? Um, how would a team of DeAndre, Dirk, Giannis, um, Parsons, how it, Parsons, Parsons or how, Lowry, Parsons or Lowry, Lowry, okay. Giannis, Dirk, and DeAndre? Let's go. And Wes Matthews. No. <laughs> Man, they can't have out, money for all of them. If if you flipped out Lowry for Parsons, I mean Lowry makes more money than Parsons for sure. That yeah, 2013 offseason. but because Giannis is still in his rookie contract. Well, but didn't Parsons have that like poison pill contract, right? Yes, that made Houston like not match it for me. Yeah, part. so Lowry um, and him could have made the about the same. So then for those last two years, Lowry, Wes Matthews, Giannis, Dirk, and DeAndre. Get out of here. Get out of here. You just made <laughs> just every single <laughs> listener so mad. We just went down a stupid, stupid train. God, um, I've been such a good team. Okay, okay, last thing, real quick. You got Dirk, if, you have Dirk, Lowry, who's a good three point shooter, and Wes Matthews stretching the floor. You have Giannis going coast to coast on everything, and you have Giannis, Wes, Lowry and DeAndre is your defenders. Oh my gosh. Get out of here. That team's winning the title. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. At me. I don't care. Um, I don't care. Back to your question a while ago. And this like this is one of my last points I have is of like what would the moving Dirk and stuff, all that stuff. What if if we're asking question like if they draft Giannis in 2013, what if they take a whole different approach to it? And they say and they realize Giannis's talent, like that it's going to be like, what if they take the Giannis approach that Milwaukee took? So like, what if they took Giannis and they say, okay, Donnie, you're betting your career on him that he's going to be this star. We want him to start from day one. How does it change the roster then? And my two questions is, do they trade Marion pretty quick? And what, like, what would you trade Marion for in 2013? And do we see the Dirk shift to five a lot quicker? Yeah, you probably see the Dirk shift quicker because, like I was saying, I think you. How fun would that? How fun would that have been of Giannis, Marion, and Dirk at the at the three, four, five? Isaac, we want our listeners to keep listening to the podcast, right? We can't make them rage quit all of our podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the thing: they drafted him and they bought into him, and they didn't just like put him at the end of the bench and they just said, Hey, we want to develop him now and start him and do everything Milwaukee did with him. Would they look to trade Marion or would they just say, Hey, let's not make the Tyson move. Let's move Dirk to five and play him interchangeably with Sean Marion at the three and four. That's fun. That's fun to think. That is fun. That is fun. That's fun to think about. That's a good fun thing to leave it on guys. Thanks so much for listening to this next what if. Uh, the the next <laughs> We one, went down so many different paths on that. <laughs> man, I did not expect to go there. I had a bunch of questions ready, and then we didn't even get to any of them. Um, okay, no, no. Here's here's one. Let Okay, I'll, we'll backtrack a little bit. Here's one I do actually want to get to. If they actually drafted Giannis, who cares about all the other moves and everything? What does this do for Dirk's career? Giannis... 
in the 2016-17, let's let's assume he develops the exact same that it doesn't matter who, you know, what team he's with or whatever. Maybe he develops a little quicker because he's better coaching and uh, and better veterans around him to try and, and help him grow. And he sees Dirk's work ethic and he, you know, models it after that and all that kind of stuff. What does this do for Dirk's career? Because at this point right now, in the 2017 and 18 season, they're not tanking. Giannis is an all-star. Giannis is, yeah. you know, one of the best players in the NBA or on his way there. And, you know, Dirk is probably having a lot more fun in his career in the last couple years. Yeah. I mean, that's they're probably making even more win-now moves. Um, yeah, right now they would be. Yeah, because, you know. It'd still go after DeAndre. <laughs> Dennis and Luka probably doesn't happen. Yeah, um, they're too good for that. Yeah, there's just no way that you're gonna have Giannis at all star level. I mean, look, the Bucks ain't so like they're not tanking and they don't really have uh, superstars around him. So I think you would have seen probably, um, you know, the the year before his first all star season, you probably seen like 2015, uh, 2016, something like that, where Dallas would make some drastic moves to where they would do, they would still be chasing DeAndre and stuff, but they would be taking on a big contract or something to get somebody. Um, to get just another star alongside. They would be treating Giannis like they treated Dirk, of just trying to get another star along, alongside of him and, and all that. But, yeah, I agree with you. It would have been more fun for Dirk for sure. And, I mean, we love Luke. I mean, we love Luca already, and, like, we like Dennis and stuff, but, like, that would have been a true mantle passing right there. Um, yeah. Uh, MVP guy. There we go. That's the what if about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Tweet us at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris, at Locked On Mavs. Let us know what you think about it. Uh, Love hearing the feedback. Love hearing you guys debate and say how wrong we are about certain things. Really appreciate it. It's so funny because, you know, hardly anybody reaches out and says, hey, you know, what actually they do? You know, people reach out and be like, hey, this is. This is awesome or something. Usually when I get like a DM or something, I'm like, oh, crap, what did I say wrong? Versus somebody <laughs> like adamantly de- like defending their opinion. Like, you're so wrong. This would have happened. I'm like, hey, that's cool. I'm glad you think that way. But, <laughs> you know, we can have different opinions. It's okay. But anyway, let us know um, what you think of it. We've had fun doing them. I've had fun doing them. We're having fun. And uh, the next one we're doing is 2006. <laughs> what if they won? What if they won the title in 2006? It'll be an interesting one. Excited to it. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.